a couple things I want to share with you before I go in. Something came across, a, one, a friend of mine sent me something, and I felt like it spoke to us as a church. It spoke to us as Christians, as the body of Christ, um, and I want to share that with you. And then also, I want to remind you of multiple messages that I know Pastor Jeff has spoken, different things that we have touched on, but it all comes, it's, it's all coming to one place, right? It's a culmination of all these different things coming together to direct us or to show us or help us see who we, who we should be, um, in my opinion, who we are, right? And then who we are becoming more of. Uh, so let's pray and then we will jump in. Lord God, I just come into you right now, Father. I thank you and I praise you for the opportunity to share your word, Lord God, to uplift and encourage your people. God, I pray right now, Father, that you would use my lips, that you would touch me, Lord God. Help me to uh, just share with, with clarity um, your word and what it is you would have for your people to hear today. And I pray all these things in your son Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. All right. Um, it's a little toasty up here. So I'm going to lose this jacket this morning. So to share with you, just to start out, it's a devotional that a friend of mine sent me. And it reads like this. During the course of an average week, we are inundated with various voices, all claiming to be providing us with the necessary information to live a productive life. These voices ultimately seek to get us to believe their outlook of the world is correct. The challenge for, uh, for each of us is to know which opinions are actually true and which are simply well-sounding mirages that lead us to a place we had no intention of visiting. Fundamentally, the question we are required to answer is upon what will we construct and conduct our life. It continues, and a lot of what it says is very good. I thought about reading the whole thing, but I felt like it was too long. But the gist of it is this. You heard it say, we have so many voices that are in our ears. And the question, what will we conduct? How will we build our lives? What will we live our lives by or according to. I've already preached a message that really spoke to this, and the outcome is this. The only thing that we really can trust in our lives to lead us where we need to go is the Holy Spirit. 
we preached on the Holy Spirit for multiple weeks. And the reason we did that is because it is a subject that is very, very touchy. Um, and sometimes taught without clarity. I just want to touch on a little bit of that real quick. I had a chart or graph, and that graph said this. It said that God is, God is made up of three parts. There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One person, but very three very real parts in our lives. The Father is the creator and provider of all things, right? God, from that perspective, is the creator of all things. God the Son is the Savior, and sal he, he brings salvation for our lives. He makes it possible. And the Holy Spirit is here living with us, helping us. God the Father sits on a throne in heaven. The Son did a work. His work was to die on the cross for you and me so that we could have salvation and live in eternity with the Father in heaven. And upon leaving, upon giving his life, he left us a gift. And that gift was the Holy Spirit. And within the Holy Spirit are multiple gifts. And here we are today living life with access to the very power that spoke creation into being. So that's, in a nutshell, what I feel in, in some situations is very unclear. I, I feel like that's very clear, though, what I just told you. If you have any questions, please come and see me. Feel free to come and see me. But the importance of us knowing that with clarity is this. It is not Jesus who we look to to come and to do any specific thing for us. And I know, you know, still it's like, well, what? It's okay if you pray to Jesus. That's not a problem. But what you need to know is, is that Jesus left you and me with, with a person in the Holy Spirit to assist us, to help us. So if we do not understand that, if we do not live our lives according to that, then what happens is, is we fall short unnecessarily. To fall short and to understand that I am weak and I can do nothing on my own is one thing. But to fall short because I'm unclear that there is something there to assist me is a whole nother. So moving back to today... The church as a whole should be striving to be one thing. And that is the church that Christ intended us to be. 
That definition looks very, very different to many people. But the only reason that's true is because we love to put our two cents into everything. We love to share our opinion, our thoughts, and what we think about what things should be, look like, and how it should go. I'm going to be honest, I do that sometimes, but I try, I try to make it clear that this is my opinion, right? Take it, leave it, throw it out, you know what I mean? Like, feel free. I try to make it clear that I'm imperfect and that the only thing that you can definitely 100% count on coming from Pastor Dwayne Grant is the scriptures that I read out of the Bible. Everything else... Everything else is up for question. I say that because I want you to be fully aware, right? A couple weeks ago, I came before you passionately exclaiming that we have a job to do as a church, as the body Dayton. And that job is to go out and to spread the gospel. And I, I talked about the fear that we may have to do those things. I talked about, you know, our, our, our weaknesses, so to speak, our inability to do it correctly or maybe the way somebody else or another church may do it. I get that. But then I feel like I landed in a place where I was trying to make it clear that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do this. And as we do it, we will see the effects of what it is we're doing. And I believe that some of the effects of what we are doing when we do those things will be more people coming into the church. I stated that I wasn't concerned with the numbers of people that were in the church, and I'm not, not from a standpoint of getting a pat on the back. But what I am concerned with are the souls that need fed. I do want those people in here so that they can be fed, so that transformation can begin to happen from inside and then begin to transform what's going on on the outside. So as I said, I want to remind you of some things. The last week I was before you, I stated that Deborah Ann from Awake America 365 came in and she stated to me, man, you guys have everything you need to be just like a really huge church. She was like, I am surprised not to see more people filling the pews. And here's the bottom line to skip over all of that, to say this, the only reason I believe that we are not seeing more effects of the work we're doing is because we're doing our work in our own power. Mm -hmm. 
You, me, all of us. How often, how often I have done something and I felt like it was a God thing, but really it was just a good thing. Because the difference between a God thing and a good thing is the power of the Holy Spirit. A good thing is when the disciples brought the five loaves and the fishes. That's a good thing. But that good thing was not going to feed a crowd. It needed to become a God thing. A good thing even, watch this, a good thing even was when Jesus Christ came and he said, I'm going to surrender my life to these jokers. And his people didn't even understand. They were, as a matter of fact, they were frustrated with him. That was a good thing. Because in the moment when he turned himself over, not really anything major happened. As a matter of fact, that's why his people were upset with him. Because they were like, well, this is stupid. This doesn't even look like a good thing to us. But he said, I'm, I'm turning myself over for your sake. And you just don't understand. Lord God, forgive them for they know not what they do. It's all good. Doesn't it sound good? A person surrendering themselves, making those statements, that all sounds good. But when he hung on the cross and he said, it is finished. And three days later, he came up and walked amongst them again. It became a God thing, right? We all can surrender ourselves. I can surrender myself, but I can't raise myself from the dead. I want to be very clear because sometimes we confuse the two things, a good thing and a God thing. And the difference between the two is the working and the power of the Holy Spirit. The difference between you getting up and pressing on and you getting up and living life, abundant life, is a good and a God thing. When you wake up in the morning and you're pressed and stressed and feeling overwhelmed from the day before, the things that are going on in your life, and you press on, that's a good thing. But when you wake up and you feel all those things and you pray to God and he then begins to help you live out your life with abundant joy, unspeakable joy, peace that surpasses all understanding. When you should be destroyed and feeling horrible, yet there's a smile on your face. Not a fake one, not a show, but a real one. Because you're like, man, God is good. I went over to my mother's house yesterday. And joy was just bubbling over. Absolutely bubbling over. And she said to me, God is so good, Dwayne. And I said... I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I didn't know what to say to her. You know what I mean? I understood. But see, I couldn't completely feel everything she was feeling because I didn't feel what she was feeling prior to receiving that joy. I didn't feel the stress that she felt 
I didn't feel that overwhelming feeling that she felt. So I could not appreciate 100% all that she was appreciating at the time. But this is what I know. My mom, wake, when she woke up that morning, she got out of the bed and she began to do the things that she knew she should do. That was a good thing because to lay in the bed and do nothing would have been a bad thing. But then when I seen her bubbling over, that was a God thing. Because what she should have been doing is probably crying on my shoulder, distressed and overwhelmed with things that are going on around her. As a church, we can live this life that is full of joy. And I'm not talking fake joy. I'm not talking about a, a mask that we put on to look a certain way. I'm talking about genuine joy. We can live in that. So over the years, I know, even over the past few years, I know that Pastor Jeff has preached the book of Acts a number of times. He has lived there, studied there. And the reason he's done this is because he has felt a call on his life and the ministry that he should be leading of the Acts church. He desires to live out the Acts church. I know that that's something that was on my life as well. And I believe that's why God brought us together. What is the Acts church? Well, I'm not going to preach that right now. Like I said, Pastor Jeff has preached that so many times. I've, I've shared it a couple times here or there. And the, the simple thing of it is, is that the Acts church... It looked a certain way. They did some certain things. And because of that, they seen effects. They seen the effects of what they did and how they lived. Two weeks ago, I told you, Deborah Ann, she compared us to some churches when she said, man, you guys could be like these churches. You have everything it takes. But the truth is, is she wasn't comparing us to other churches because she never said any specific names. It was just something that I did. I accepted and, and thought in my mind. Right? Because that's what we do. Man, Dwayne, you are such a nice guy. You should, you should really have what so many other people have. Instantly, I'm like... Well, I should so-and-so, I know I'm better than him, and I know I'm, I could be. But here's the deal. There's only one that we should be comparing ourselves to. As an individual, there's only one I should be comparing myself to. And as a church, there's only one that we should compare ourselves to. And I came to realize that, that, that the comparison that was made, the comparison that was made, it was one church. It was the Acts church. It was the Acts church that she was comparing us to. When, when she said, Dwayne, you guys have everything. When I look at the church, when I look at the Acts church in, in Acts chapter 1 and 2, 
and I see the things that they were doing, I see us. But there was one thing that, that we were not thriving in. We were not thriving in the operation of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't that we didn't believe in it. I can tell you right now that the leaders of the church, they, they believed, but they weren't clear. So then we brought clarity. So now they have clarity, but still with clarity, sometimes it's hard to walk something out because you're like, I just don't have any experience. So when Awake America 365 came, then we, 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 we gained some experience. Now, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Please do not misunderstand what I'm saying. Before them coming here, we've seen people pray and we, we've seen people speak into people's lives. We've seen that stuff. But when they came, there was another level. There was, we went to another level. We went to a deeper depth. Our understanding became a reality to us personally. And some of you may not have been here. Please, please, please ask for someone here to share a testimony with you. So here we are, and we're looking at this situation where we're seeing some effects of the things that we've begun to do. We're seeing some effects of the Holy Spirit uh, operating and living amongst us. So I want to share some scripture with you. I want to share some scripture with you to, to hopefully make this all that much more real. In Acts chapter 1 verse 4 and 5 it says this, once when he was eating with them, Jesus, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. Pause. Jesus had surrendered his life. The disciples and a few others were trying to figure out what to do next. They had seen, they had had an experience that was absolutely unexplainable outside of God being completely real in their lives. And they were wondering what to do next. So they came together. Jesus appeared or was there with them. And he said to them, I want you to stay here. Don't go anywhere. Right? And he says, don't move until the Father sends you the gift that he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Moving on to Acts chapter 8. We're going to go down just a few scriptures. Let's look at that, the baptism that he's talking about. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. 
Pause. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. What does that look like? Well, if you go into the Bible and you read in the Old Testament and even some in the New Testament, you will see where it specifically says, and the Holy Spirit came upon them. And after it says that, you will see them do amazing feats. And you're like, I know some of you are like, well, Pastor Dwayne, I've not, you know, I don't see a need to kill thousands of people with a jawbone, right? That was Samson. I don't, I don't see a need to crush uh, pillars, right? And I can name off a few others, but guess what? How many of you, how comfortable would you be going up to somebody you don't know and asking them if they know Jesus. Asking them if they were to die today, where would they be? That's sounding like a pretty big feat, isn't it? That's sounding pretty huge. And if you don't think so, then after church, I want you to go out and I want you to find somebody on the street and I want you to walk up to them and just be like, hey, how are you doing? I want to tell you that God loves you, and I want to ask you a question. If you were to die today, do you know what God would say to you? He would ask you a question. What, what if he asked you the question of, why should I let you into heaven? Right? That's a feat, people. That is a huge on-taking, like, it's not an easy task. So, if I say to you that Pastor Chancey went out and knocked on a door and the Spirit of God came upon him and he began to minister to the people at the door, you would look at me and be like, whatever. But what I'm trying to tell you is, is it's real. That is, that is a true need. That is a true fear that we have a, a struggle with overcoming. And the one way we can overcome it is by the power of the Holy Spirit. The conversation that you don't want to have with your loved one, with your coworker. Even if it's not just that, even if it's not just, hey, are you going to heaven or hell? Like, I get it. But what if it's just simply, what if it's, what if it's just simply speaking to them about the struggle that they're going through? How many people here have said, I don't know what to say to them? But the Holy Spirit does. So what if I told you that in the midst of a, a, a horrible situation, a friend turned to me and in tears and anguish, they, they are in despair and they're like, I just don't know what to do and I want to end it all. And I tell you, in that moment, the Holy Spirit came upon me and I began to minister to them in such a way that it brought peace, such a peace that from that day forward, they lived their life differently. You would downplay it. You would downplay it. 
But if we could see the future without that moment and that person is laying in a casket, would you downplay it then? Would it be more real to you? I know we don't have the capability to see the future, but I'm trying to make something real to you. The power of the Holy Spirit is real, and it doesn't always exist in the way of bringing healing to somebody's body. Sometimes it's a little bit more simpler than that. Sometimes it's a word of knowledge, a word that will bring them uh, clarity. Let's continue to look at that. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses? Wait, wait. That's all, that's all we ask. That's all we really desire. As a church for us to go out and witness. And right here it says that it's via the Holy Spirit that that comes about, that that's even possible. Am I, are you reading the same thing I'm reading? Am I wrong about that? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think we're running into another feat. Telling people about me everywhere. Stop. Hmm. Everywhere. I don't know about you. We struggle with just hitting a few blocks around the church. It was, it was a real, real struggle. <laughs> Everywhere? In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the, whoa, whoa. Well, I guess that just puts everywhere into perspective, doesn't it? To the ends of the earth. Come on, preach with me. Let's look at that witness. Let's look at that witness thing. Let's see what that looks like. We're going to jump down to verse 14 and 15. And I'm, I'm, I'm coming to a close because I don't want to be before you long. See, here's the truth that I know. It doesn't, take, it doesn't take me an hour to share the word of God. Sometimes I do and sometimes I like to. It's because I get excited and I don't want to stop. But the truth is, is I know that God can speak to you what I could say in an hour in one minute. So here it is. Acts chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. That witness, that thing that he's talking about. When it says, they all met together and were constantly united in prayer. Pause. Constantly united in prayer. The other day I was in a meeting and I said to some people, you know, you can do a lot of stuff. It's not about right or wrong. But if you're not doing the right stuff, if you're, if you're just doing a good thing and not a God thing, you know, if you haven't allowed that good thing to transition into a God thing, then you're going to fall short. 
Falling short isn't always a horrible look, but it's not what it could be. That's, that's it. It's not what it could be. So you got to understand the, the scripture that I've just read is starting at chapter, what, what did I start at? Chapter 4, I mean chapter 1, verse 4, right? And I'm now rolling into uh, verses 14 and 15. I need you to understand that there are times in the Bible where scripture can jump from here to here, right? It jumps out and there's some time and this is not one of those times. Everything that happens in chapter 1 and 2 happens in the course of about 10 days. And this that I'm reading to you right here, I believe, happened right maybe in a day or two. Jesus shows up, talks to him. Hey, guess what? I want you to stay put. I want you to be focused because God's about to send you what I told you he's going to send you. Just be ready for it. It's coming. Right. And then and then and then just a few days later. It says that the spirit came upon them and then they were able to or or he wanted them to go out and reach everybody. And then here we are in verse 14, and it says, they all met together. I apologize. Go back. Jesus spoke to them. They have not went out yet. But off of him speaking to them, this is what they did next. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer. United in prayer. Along with a few others, right, is what I said. Along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus, during this time, when about 120 believers were together in one place, man, I got a whole story about that 120 number. I just don't have time to share it with you. Man, I'm going to share it with you, though, one day. You remember. You mark my word. I'm going to share that. I'm going to you remember when I preached this? And ain't nobody going to remember, but it's going to be okay. When about 120 believers were together in one place, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, no, we're coming. Stay focused. Uh, Peter stood up and addressed them. Kind of like I'm doing right now. Okay, never mind. Stay focused, stay focused. Peter stood up and addressed them. And let me tell you what happened. Just, I'm going to jump ahead. It said thousands of people came to know the Lord. Here we are. I'm not Peter. I don't try to act like I'm Peter. But here is the expectation I have on Dwayne. Here's the question that I ask. Dwayne, where are the 3,000? Dwayne, what are you doing wrong? Well, I said it's not about right or wrong. Don't forget that. It's not about right or wrong because I'm not doing anything wrong. Well, what am I doing right? I'm doing a lot of good things. But at what point am I allowing the good things to turn into a God thing? And I say allowing because, because I have to open up 
And I have to say, come, Holy Spirit, and use me. So here it is. Here I am proclaiming to you the word of God, just like Peter did. So what are we missing? That's the question. I'm not saying I'm doing everything right. Please don't misunderstand me. But I do know that what I am doing is the good thing. I am sharing the word of God. It says in the Bible, in, in I think it's Timothy or, or Titus, somewhere in there, that, that or both, that we as, as pastors are supposed to equip the people to do the work of the Lord. Again, I say, Pastor Jeff, myself, we have been equipping. But I think the thing that we were missing is really getting the people to depend on and expect the move of the Holy Spirit. To look for and depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. How does it look? Now, please understand me. The expectation of something does not always bring that thing to pass. But the expectation of something does set your mind in a place. It sets an atmosphere, right? Lord God, I expect for this to happen. I expect for this to happen. I'm looking for this to happen. Watch this. I'm listening. When we begin to apply ourselves in the senses that we have in expectation of the Holy Spirit, then something happens. We set ourselves up to hear, to see, to feel. And what does that do? Anybody here know or heard the story of the web-slinging teenage boy in New York City? <laughs> Spider-Man. I was being funny, sorry. <sighs> Spider-Man had that, that sense. What's it called? The Spidey Sense. Put yourself in Spider-Man's shoes. You're there, you're fighting the bad guy. And then the bad guy has five arms that he can punch you in different areas with. And you're like, pew, 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 right? Right here in front of him because you don't have eyes in the back of your head. But then something you feel tells you there's danger behind you. And you turn around and can take care of that situation. You hear something and it says, stop. It says, don't move. It says, go left. It says, stay right. Because you have an expectation of that, you're in tune with that. And because you're in tune with that, you hear that, you feel that, and you begin to move with that. 
I love watching Spider-Man, man. You know what I'm saying? Because he's just like, ha-pow, 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 right? He don't even turn his head. In the movies, you know, it's like, bring, you know what I'm saying? And he's like, oh, you know, pow, you know, in the comic books. It all looks different, but it's all the same thing. It's the spidey sense. And I will not, please understand, I will not, I will not put the Holy Spirit in the box of the spidey sense. Because the Holy Spirit is definitely not, without a doubt, a spidey sense. It's much more. Spidey sense could not speak to someone and make them rise from the dead. Let's be very clear. Spidey sense did not speak, and a world was created. I'm talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, and I'm talking about an expectation for it to do what needs to be done. Now, I'm going to use Spider-Man for one more example, and I'm going to close. When Spider-Man first got his, his uh, powers, right? You watch the cartoons, you watch the movies, you know what I mean? If you have not, just what would you do and how would you handle having some crazy superpower? Right? Superman being able to hear everything in the world, right? He's like, oh, <laughs> when he first gets it, he doesn't know how to handle it. He doesn't know how to focus it. Here we are, we're like, Holy Spirit, power of the Holy Spirit sounds weird to me. I don't understand it. It's crazy. Don't want no parts of it. Really? Really? I know that I'm talking about fictional characters, but what if these guys decided, yeah, I don't want no parts of that. Is it going anywhere? <laughs> no. It's still going to be there. And sometimes it's going to do what it needs done with you, regardless of what you want to do or not. But what could happen if you went on ahead and said, hey, teach me, show me, help me to understand how to operate with you? Man, we might all be superheroes. Oh, wait. Jesus did say that we would do those things in greater. Hmm. Well, listen, I want to tell you, and I'm going to close with this. This is what I know from listening. In the past, there's been a spirit of fear over this church. No more. The enemy has been served notice, and the spirit of fear must go. I rebuke the spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus. Why? Because I can. I have that power. I have that authority. You have the same authority. The spirit of fear will no longer keep us the body Dayton, away from operating in the gifts and the power of the Spirit of God. The Bible says that signs and miracles would follow as his gospel was shared. So my expectation is to see signs and miracles. My expectation is to see thousands come to Jesus. My expectation is to see you 
and me doing the work of the ministry in such a way that we see an effect. We see an effect in the community around us, in the lives around us, and in our own life. But we will understand, we will understand that just because we are beginning to use this new power, that things is, are just going to, they're, they're not just going to go perfect. They're not just going to be wonderful. As a matter of fact, the enemy is going to be furious at the fact that you've caught on to something. That you're no longer afraid of something that you once were. That you're exploring, asking God to open up to you something that before you just didn't want that part of God and, and Jesus. So he's going to attempt to wreak havoc. But I'm asking you to remember who you are. Remember whose you are and remember the power that you've all of a sudden begin to explore. A kid begins to ride a bike. For those of you that have taught a kid how to ride a bike, that can be so frustrating. But they finally get it. They're pedaling. They're pedaling. They're pedaling. They're like, ah, look at me. I'm pedaling. And then, and then something happens. And you can see. You can see the moment the foot slips off the pedal. The bike wobbles just a little bit. And you can see the moment when the fear grasps them and they freeze. They fall over, they bump their head, they scar their, their elbow and their knee. And what are they ready to do? They're ready to quit because they don't like that pain. They don't like that feeling. And you're trying to convince them you were just riding. You were pedaling. You went from there to there. You did it. It's done. Like, you're now operating the bicycle. You've got it. There's no question. I'm telling you right now, do not let the enemy tell you that you don't got it. Don't let him tell you that you can't operate in it. Don't let him convince you to stop expecting something great. This is all I can do. For you as individuals, this is all I can do. And I will, I will do this till the day I die, or at least until God tells me to stop. I will do it. But it's up to you to accept the gift that has been given to you and to use it. With great expectation. God is doing something here. God is setting us up. I see some new faces in the crowd that, you know, fairly new. Missing some old faces. And there's a lot that goes through my mind about that. 
but there's one thing that I'm absolutely settled on is that those of you before me today, you've heard this message. This is yours to accept or to sit to the wayside. This is the seed. This is the seed. Which ground are you? Even if you walked in here as one ground, meaning hard, impenetrable, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you are not that. If you know you are that, I'm asking you right now to, and if you know you are that and you hear something right now that is, that is changing inside of you, you hear something that is changing things inside of you, and you don't want to be that, then let's pray that right now. Let's pray that right now. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, if they came in with a hard heart, Father, I pray that their, their heart would be soft, subtle, and that it would receive the seed that has been planted today. If you're the person that, that allows the word of God to be taken away by the cares of the world, crowded out, disturbed and disrupted, then right now, I rebuke that right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that, that the ground would be ready to receive the seed that has been planted today. That the weeds would not get in the way of what you want to grow. I pray that each and every person here today is the good ground, the ground that will receive and allow your word to grow in them that your spirit would begin to cultivate in them, changing and transforming who they are so that they have a better understanding of whose they are and the things that they have the power and authority to operate in. In the name of Jesus. If there's anybody in here that doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity today to change that, to confess that, and to begin to confess something different that you do believe in Jesus Christ and that you do believe he's real. If that's you, will you raise your hand? I'm not going to ask you to come up. If you don't know, if you have not proclaimed and pronounced Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you raise your hand? Okay. I, I feel like and I'm not going to press the issue because, like I said, the Spirit can do way more in a moment than I can in a lifetime. I'm not going to press the issue, but I'm going to tell you this. That's not true today. There's somebody in here that knows that, that they're still questioning. And, and that's fine. I want to speak to you just for a second. God loves you in spite of you. He's got every answer that you're looking for. He wants to share that, all of that, the love, the answers. He wants to share all of that with you. Darkness has surrounded you. And he wants to bring light. He wants to bring clarity. You don't have to live in that place anymore. 
and you don't need me to pray for you. If on the ride home you feel differently, then you talk to him. You talk to him right there. You ask him all the questions you want to. Okay, if you're real, God, then. God, I don't really know if I really believe in all this stuff that this guy is saying. But if it's true, then. Be as real with him as you feel like you can. But then I ask you to do this. As you begin to pray that prayer and you talk to him. Candidly. Openly. Then I'm asking you to. Just as easy as you as quick to talk, listen. And don't deny what you're hearing. Listen and have an expectation to hear from him. And when you know it's him, don't deny it. Don't deny it. I've seen people do that. I've seen people say that they, that they felt something and they, they felt like God said something or, or, or very specific thing will happen in their life and they'll be like, ah, that's not, that's not, that's hogwash. And they just, they just push it out. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't disregard when you see God moving because that's your opportunity to be free of the enemy and the lies that he's put on you. I know I'm speaking to somebody right now. I know I am. I'm going to close in prayer. Your opportunity does not end here. The Holy Spirit is everywhere you are. And when you want more of him, all you have to do is say it and expect it. Lord God, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you and praise you for the work that you're doing in each one of us individually. And we thank you and praise you for the work that you're doing in us corporately as the church God, we pray right now that you would continue to show us, teach us, equip us, guide us, lead us, give us direction every day in our life. God, we love you. We praise you. We honor you. Continue to move. Send your ministering angels to minister to each and every person as they leave this building today. Be with them and love on them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And we all said, amen. Thank you so much for your time.